This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. How are you doing? Really good, mate. How are you? Very good. It's been a stormy and windy day in the UK, and it's pretty stormy on the geopolitical front as well, with tensions rising between the Ukraine and Russia. And this is certainly continuing to spook the markets, is it not? It is. It's been quite the week. I mean, it's, it feels like this started actually last Friday when we started to get all the warnings of there's going to be an imminent invasion uh, by Russia in the Ukraine that we are going to see troops crossing the border. So we saw that real risk aversion really kick in late last week. And that kind of carried into Monday as well. We saw quite negative markets on Monday. It seemed like we were starting to make some positive progress, though, on reports that we were seeing Russian troops actually withdrawing from the border, returning to their normal bases, following the conclusion of these planned military drills and it seemed like we were making steps in the right direction we were seeing risk appetite start to improve in the market and that's kind of dipped again towards the end of the week we were seeing some nervousness yesterday already creeping into the markets once again again we took a a stride in the right direction overnight there was reports the u.s secretary of state Anthony Blinken had accepted an invitation uh, from the Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, to meet in Europe next week. This gave the impression that a Russian invasion is not imminent. Obviously, we're still getting warnings that it is highly likely, but that it's not imminent, that this will buy us time into next week, all sides still wanting to find a diplomatic solution. But again, we've just seen this negativity again flow through into the end of the session. Now, there's two things. One is that a certain element of this is going to be natural risk aversion going into a weekend if something happens over the weekend when the markets aren't open then you could see um, a big move at the start of play on monday so we could be seeing some risk aversion as a result of that but we have also seen some conflict in eastern ukraine and that's making people nervous as well for the last week or so there's been a lot of commentary coming from various countries including the us that the fear is that russia is going to create a false pretext for an invasion and for troops crossing the border and this type of conflict in Ukraine could be uh, just that. Uh, So I think it's all of this which is creating this negative mood in the markets overall this week. Like I say, there has been signs of progress and there has been signs of all sides looking for a diplomatic solution. But investors at this point in time are still extremely anxious. And when you add that to the anxiety which has already existed in the markets now for so many weeks around inflation, around interest rates, and the fact that something like this could even exacerbate those problems, it's not necessarily surprising that we are seeing a sea of red today. Having said that, the oil price has been falling and continues to fall a bit today. You'd expect it to be on the up if those tensions are real. So I don't quite understand why, yeah, markets are down, but the oil price hasn't gone up since then. And that's the same with gas as well. So oil has actually risen over the course of the last few hours following reports of conflict, etc. But actually it has been down over the course of this week. And the reason for that is nothing to do with what's happening in the Ukraine. It's to do with the nuclear talks between the US and Iran. It seems that we are making progress. There has been suggestions that we're days away from an agreement, and that's going to be massive for the oil market. We've got to remember, all of this is happening against the backdrop of an extremely tight oil market, massive imbalances in terms of supply and demand, OPEC plus struggling to hit its output targets, which are increasing by 400,000 barrels a day each month as they seek to return to pre-pandemic levels by later on this year. And 
while we've got this this backdrop of such a tight market, everything matters. That's why we have seen such high oil prices, why we have seen them moving towards $100 a barrel amidst all of this tension in and the risk of invasion in Ukraine because the, the potential for that to disrupt oil flows. Well, the, 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 the opposing force here is these nuclear talks between the US and Iran. If a deal gets over the line, then Iran could potentially start exporting around 1.3 million barrels per day quite quickly. That will alleviate some of those supply side pressures and alleviate some of uh, that tightness that we've seen in the oil market. And it's the promise around those talks which has created this, uh, this, this pullback that we've seen in oil prices at times. WTI falling below $90 a barrel. But of course, this conflict in eastern Ukraine uh, and the fear of a potential invasion uh, in the coming days is what's now led to some of those uh, declines being reversed going into the close, and which is why we're now seeing oil relatively flat on the day. But uh, Brent crude around $93, WTI crude around $91, still obviously extremely high levels. Let's talk a little bit closer to home. Well, the UK, as far as our home is concerned, Craig, and we had some retail sales figures out this morning and they were better than expected. Consumers now shopping a little bit more than they were in December, but I expect that is down to the fact that Omicron was at its height in the period in and around Christmas. Yeah, the thing about the retail sales report is I'm not getting too excited. On the face of it, the numbers look good and they exceeded expectations. The problem that we have is, as you say, a lot of the normal festive shopping which happens in December comes uh, tends to come close to Christmas. This year was very different. There was so much talk about supply shortages that actually we saw that being very much front-loaded. So that very much depressed the December data, as did Omicron. We've got to remember again, the, the emergence of Omicron actually came in very late November. So that started to have an impact in terms of restrictions and people's behaviours during the month of December. And that started to alleviate quite considerably as we made our way through January. So I think the depressed December number uh, gave light to a, a much stronger number in January. The reason why I'm not getting too excited is because, for one, consumer sentiment is still extremely low in the UK. Uh, so that's, that's obviously one major factor. But now we're seeing this kind of consumer squeeze. We're seeing household budgets being hit from all sides high inflation high energy prices record prices at the pump all of these things are just chipping away at people's income so what we're seeing right now is negative real income growth that's never conducive uh, with a strong consumer now you could argue well actually people have built up savings over the course of the pandemic aggregate saving has been rising but it seems that that's probably being very much concentrated at the upper end of the income scale people who have a lesser propensity to spend that additional income uh, to spend that additional savings uh, and therefore we won't necessarily see that filter through into higher retail sales this year we could see it but it combining the consumer sentiment data that we have in the surveys with that consumer squeeze and how people typically behave in those situations it doesn't give much hope that we are going to see that and this combines with the fact that in April we're going to see higher national insurance taxes and we're going to see the rise of the energy price cap, which is going to lead to a considerable increase in people's monthly uh, energy costs. So all of these things don't make me overly optimistic in terms of consumer spending this year, even if that does look as though we've got the year off to a very strong start. Let's take a look at the next week or so, Craig. Obviously, events are going to be dominated by what's happening in Russia. What else should we look out for? Yeah, I think that's going to be the dominant theme. The other theme that I think is going to be key next week is going to continue to be the same thing we've been talking about for weeks, inflation, interest rates. 
We don't have any major central bank meetings of note next week. We do have the RBNZ, which is probably the, the biggest meeting that I can think of, and they're expected to raise interest rates. But we're going to hear from a lot of different policymakers, and that, I think, is going to be a massive focal point for the markets outside of the Ukraine. We've got the monetary policy report hearing in the UK. That's where we've got Andrew Bailey and a few of his colleagues who will sit in front of the Treasury Select Committee and be questioned about the latest monetary policy report. So that's going to be a focal point as far as the UK is concerned. But like you say, it's hard not to look at events in the Ukraine, what happens over this weekend and what happens with that key meeting next week now between the US and Russia and see that that's going to continue to dominate sentiment in these markets. If we see an improvement on that front, then we could see sentiment lift up in the broader markets. But aside from that, like I say, it's all about central banks and what they're doing, how they're addressing inflation, because inflation continues to not just rise, but rise faster than people are expecting each and every single month. We are nearing the peak, but we're not there yet. So pressure is very much intensifying on central bank policymakers. Craig, have a very good weekend. We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. You too. This is the Oanda Podcast.